Hi, my name is Vic Armstrong, and I'm the next guest on On Screen and Beyond. On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now, here's the host of On Screen and Beyond, Brian Zemrak. Get ready for another episode of On Screen and Beyond, the weekly show that keeps you updated on what's coming your way as far as remakes, sequels, and TV and movie DVD releases, as well as our interview segment with a guest from the TV, movie, or music industry. This week, it is episode 169 of On Screen and Beyond. I'm your host, Brian Zemrak, and as our guest, we have none other than Indiana Jones, Superman, and James Bond. That's right. This week we are joined by Vic Armstrong, who has doubled for Harrison Ford in Indiana Jones and Christopher Reeves in Superman and many of the different James Bonds that there have been in films and many, many more. He is the stunt double for all of those people. And Vic's going to be with us, and he's done so much, and he will be here in a few minutes. So be sure to be ready for that because he's got some fantastic stories to share with us. And that'll be coming up in just a few minutes. And uh, let's see, what else do we have? In news, uh, sadly, we lost Peter Falk this week. For many years, of course, he was Columbo on TV, as well as uh, numerous films he was in all through his career. We'll miss him very much. He has been ill for a couple of years, and uh, it's uh, just sad to see that he's gone. And you can, in fact, listen to our interview with director Alan J. Levy. And uh, Alan was a really good friend of his, and they did a lot of uh, the Columbo episodes together. Alan was the director for the, the show. They uh, were close friends and everything. Alan speaks of Peter as well as his directing and things like that. So you can check out that episode of On Screen and Beyond and find out a little bit more about Peter Falk directly from a friend of his. And you can check it out at onscreenandbeyond.com, and you can just go in our rerun section and look for Alan J. Levy's uh, interview, and that'll give you some insight on Peter Falk. So, and be sure to check us out uh, for our movie reviews at onscreenandbeyond.com. We've uh, been recently posting more and more lately, getting a little more in the routine of it. Uh, we For a while there, we slacked off, but we've got a whole bunch coming your way, and uh, we're going to have more coming your way, too, so stick around for that. And uh, let's see here. Uh, this week, we will take a look at what's coming your way as far as movies and theaters in July and DVD releases, of course. And first up... Remakes coming your way in July, and it's next right here on On Screen and Beyond. Please hang up and try again. Remake Madness coming your way in July. It looks like Captain America goes from comics to big screen on July 22nd, and on July 29th, you can look forward to Cowboys and Aliens as it transfers from a novel to film. That's it for Remake Madness coming your way in July releases. Next on On Screen and Beyond, upcoming movies in July. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. 
Upcoming movies in July releases. It looks like uh, Larry Crown with Tom Hanks comes your way on July 1st. On July 8th, Kevin James in Zookeeper. And Horrible Bosses with Jason Bateman comes your way, along with Tree of Life with Brad Pitt and Sean Penn. And on July 22nd, look for Justin Timberlake, Mila Kunis, and... Emma Stone as a star in Friends with Benefits. And on July 29th, Steve Carell returns to the big screen with Crazy Stupid Love and look for Don Cheadle in The Guard. That's it for upcoming movies on On Screen and Beyond. Next, we're going to take a look at releases coming out in July as far as sequels. Next, right here on On Screen and Beyond. Sequel City with sequels coming your way in July releases on July 15th. Harry Potter returns for the final chapter of Harry and the Gang as Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2 comes your way. And also look for Winnie the Pooh as he makes another big screen appearance. That's it for Sequel City. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, July releases with TV on DVD. TV on DVD coming your way in July. we got a lot of them on July 5th, According to Jim, Season 4, and Boy Meets World, Season 6, The Cape, the complete series, Dynasty, the 5th Season, Volume 1, and the 5th Season, Volume 2, Eureka, Season 4, Mannix, the 5th Season, McMillan and Wife, Season 4 and Season 5, and The PJs, Season 2. On July 12th, look for Alice, Season 1, Damages, the complete third season. Entourage, the complete seventh season. The complete seventh season on Blu-ray also. And ER, the complete 15th and final season. MI5, Volume 9. And then we have Miracles of Nature, Extreme Habitats, Miracles of Nature, Unique Island Destinations, and Miracles of Nature, Unique Travel Destinations. And on July 19th, you can look for Melrose Place, the sixth season, Volume 2, Reggie Perrin, Set 1, Torchwood, the complete original UK series on Blu-ray and DVD. And on July 26th, Burn Notice, The Fall of Sam Axe on DVD and Blu-ray, and Colgate Comedy Hour with Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis. And look for Dennis the Menace, Season 2, Snapped, Season 1, Stargate Atlantis, the complete series on Blu-ray, and Wish Me Luck, miniseries, Series 3. That's it for TV on DVD coming away in July. Like I said, it was a lot of them. Next on On Screen to Be On, Movies on DVD. Movies coming your way on DVD in July. On July 5th, you can look for Hobo with a Shotgun with Rutger Hauer. And on July 12th, Insidious with Patrick Wilson. And also on the 12th, it's The Lincoln Loy with Matthew McConaughey. And on the 12th, also TMC's greatest classic films legends, Burt Lancaster. And TMC's greatest classic films legends, Lucille Ball. And TMC's greatest classic legends, Elizabeth Taylor. And on July 15th, author with Russell Brand comes your way, along with Rango with Johnny Depp. And on the 19th, you can look for Limitless with Bradley Cooper and Take Me Home Tonight with Topher Grace. And on July 26th, Source Code with Jake Gyllenhaal. 
That's it for Movies on DVD coming your way in July. Next on On Screen and Beyond, we have one of the most fascinating stuntmans in the business. He has doubled for Indiana Jones, James Bond, Superman. Uh, he, he's d- doubled for Schwarzenegger and and all, all kinds of other actors. And he, he's just one of the greatest stuntmen there are. It's Vic Armstrong, and he's coming up next. He's going to share some great stories with us. He's got a book out. It's called The True Adventures of the World's Greatest Stuntman, My Life as Indiana Jones, James Bond, Superman, and Other Movie Heroes. And he's just a fascinating book. He's next, right here on On Screen and Beyond. Today on On Screen and Beyond, my guest has appeared and worked on many of the biggest action movies and blockbusters ever made, including Superman 1, 2, and 3, the first three Indiana Jones movies, several James Bond movies, and the upcoming Amazing Spider-Man film. And that only scratches the surface. He has a fascinating book out called The True Adventures of the World's Greatest Stuntman, My Life as Indiana Jones, James Bond, Superman, and other movie heroes. It's Vic Armstrong. Vic, welcome to On Screen and Beyond. Well, thank you very much. I'm pleased to be here. You know, but that, that's a long title to go through. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Uh, it wasn't my... That was the publisher's choice. I just wanted to be <laughs> Vic Armstrong, but I guess it's like movies. You have to sell things. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, I've got the book, and it's such a pleasure to have you here to talk with you, because I got the book yesterday, uh, the day before yesterday, and I've been going through it. It's just a book that you sit there and you, you keep reading and wondering... What next are you going to be doing? <laughs> <laughs> it's quite funny because that's what I, I think. You know, always say you're never out of work as long as you've got a phone. And one phone call can change your whole life, send you to South America on the mission or to Beijing on the mummy or Canton on, on, on Titan. You never know what's going to happen. And um, I wanted to get that across in the book and also the travel, you know. They gave us all jackets after the third Indiana Jones and said it's, on the back of them, it said all the countries we visited, etc. And it said, it's not the years, it's the miles. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> now, you know, like I say, I've read the book and everything, and I noticed when you were growing up, did you ever even fathom the idea that you would be working with so many great actors and directors and producers as, as you've done? I never thought I would. I probably dreamed of it, but never, ever ever thought it would, you know, come to what it has done over the years. You know, I've, uh, I've as I say, worked with a lot of people. And, and you, you find, actually, when you work with them, they're just normal people and everything else. And it's mm-hmm. just it's just the way the whole world evolved for me. It's just a fantastic, uh, uh, lucky journey that I've been on. And it's just gone on and on and on for 45 years. Wow. And and when I look over the list, it's, you know, you see these, these special programs on TV, these uh, the specials they have about, you know, the greatest movies ever made and everything. And, and looking at your credits, it's like, here's the list. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it is amazing. I'm, whether it's by design, and I subconsciously search them out, but I've always sort of headed for the aimed at the bigger movies, uh, or wait, maybe they come to me because, you know, the, the, uh, sort of success breeds success, and if, you, if you're typecast as a big movie person, you get offered more big movies. But also location movies. I've always sort of headed for location. I've always loved to travel, which in the book I mentioned, I went to Africa when I was a kid with my dad and mm-hmm. mum, and uh, yeah. 
in the 50s and I think that did instill the adventure and the excitement of travel and what a great education it is and uh, nowadays it's a little bit soured with with airports right <laughs> yeah. once you get through the airport section of it travel is still a great adventure yeah now this takes us a little bit away from you know the, your stunt work and everything because this is the early part of your life but uh, when like you said you, your family all moved down to South Amer uh, South uh, Africa rather and uh, then you got there and the job that your father thought he was going to have was was not there exactly it was, it was traumatic. They sold up everything they had in England. Wow. Loaded up a young family, three kids. My, my brother was only 18 months old. And my daughter, my sister and myself and mum sailed across to Africa to work in partnership with this woman. When we got there, she'd had a sort of a bit of a mental breakdown and uh, gone crazy. Mm -hmm. And so we ended up living in a hotel in Nairobi for three months and all our savings were gradually dwindling away. Wow. And then he got a job with the Nairobi Jockey Club training 300 racehorses way up country up near Kilimanjaro. And we went up there and so I went up there and just lived with the local lads and swapped my lovely leather, leather sandals for a pair of shoes made out of rubber tires and I had a whole year there I didn't go to school for a year which to me was magic as a, as a nine year old kid <laughs> yeah as a kid <laughs> and uh, subsequently the woman unfortunately it was also it was during the Mau Mau uprising against colonialism and um, she wound up being murdered by the Mau Mau all the farms around us were getting burnt out but nobody ever touched us dad was always a very 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 kind person and uh, I guess they, they sensed that and nobody ever touched our farm oh thank goodness gee that's that's amazing um, but yeah, yeah that was some of the early stuff that was going on and I always find that interesting your stunt work you know it speaks for itself I mean you're making these these actors look look daring <laughs> <laughs> the thing is you know they we do our job I can't act because they act very well and people produce better than I can produce and there's better cameramen than me so we each have a little niche we're all little cogs in a big wheel but Thank goodness I've been lucky enough to go on a lot of these big movies and be cogs in wonderful, great machines. <laughs> yeah. Now, with all the films that you've made, is there one that's in particular your favorite? Just personal favorite, not as far as work or how much money you made or anything like that, but just, just that you really enjoyed the film. I would probably say on Her Majesty's Secret Service, George Lazenby's James Bond, mm -hmm. we just lived the life of millionaires. We were taken out to Switzerland. I couldn't ski, and the first night I arrived, they said, would you mind learning to ski? And I said, well, you have to give me two seconds to think about this. <laughs> they supplied us with ski clothes and skis and instructors and passes for the whole mountainside. And we lived in this glorious village called Murren, 5,000 feet up, with no traffic in it, just a horse-drawn carriage that used to take the luggage to the cable car station. And we skied every single day for over three months and uh, and worked and partied and worked and partied. It was just a glorious, glorious time. Yeah. Now, now maybe, I'm, maybe I'm getting things mixed up in the book, but didn't you do the skiing stunts for... for uh... I didn't, no. We had, we had any, I wish I could have skied like that. We had a fantastic skier called Lucky Leitner. Who was oh, best, that's right. Okay. The best in the world. He got special dispensation when he's 16 to, to run the giant slaloms, and he won the whole season of them. He's just an incredible guy. But an amazing playboy as well. A wonderful guy to hang out with. <laughs> yeah, one, one thing I found interesting that, that when you were at the one of the local bars while you were filming that, <laughs> you, you you challenged him to a race. <laughs> Absolutely, the power of, of of alcohol. You know, we'd finished work and we're sitting there and it was snowing and we're waiting for the clouds to clear before we went back and 
had a few rum and cokes and he might, gave me some bravado and I was convinced I could beat him. How hard can it be? It's both the same size, it's a little <laughs> hill, pointing downhill. I'm not going to break, I'm just going to go flat out down the hill. And he literally took one ski off, then turned around backwards, and he went by me as though I had a, towing a boat down the hill behind me. He just went... Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> That is amazing. Yeah, yeah. like I say, I, I, reading the book, you know, I get mixed up with all the different things you did. You, you've done so many different stunts, and, and <laughs> it, it, it's just amazing. that It's amazing you're still alive, some of the things you've done. Quite honestly, I think the thing that pressed me about the book most was I, everything is from memory. I had nothing written down whatsoever, just the date, the, just the years and the movies that I'd worked on. Wow. And I worked closely with Robert Sellers, the ghostwriter with me, and he'd, he'd mentioned the film, and all these images would flash into my mind instantly them and many others <laughs> mm-hmm. Jeez. so when you first started what was it that brought you to decide that you wanted to be a stuntman well as a young kid nine years old and we got back from Africa uh, my dad started training horse racehorses in England and one of his clients owners of the racehorses was a man called Richard Todd who was Disney's Robin Hood and Rob Roy and in the late 50s he was the highest paid actor in the world mm-hmm. and he'd have his racehorses with us and I'd go and watch them on a Sunday morning when they're doing their trials and the owners usually came and watched the horses doing the trials so I'd, I'd see this incredibly famous man uh, in a, with an open top Bentley and some gorgeous blonde woman with him with fur coats <laughs> and I'd never smelled aftershave before I wondered what it was what this perfume was <laughs> and he used to tell me about the films he'd done. He was, he was Guy Gibson in The Damn Busters, and he was, uh, say, Rob Roy, Robin Hood. And I'd go and see his movies and then come home and recreate little scenes from those movies. I was always a great play actor. I could always write great scenarios, and I had a great imagination. Mm-hmm. So I'd play cowboys and Indians on myself. I'd gallop up the, up the gallops on my pony and throw myself off it, then I'd been shot by an Indian or somebody. And my dad would go mad, you know, throwing yourself off a horse. It's crazy. <laughs> but, um, that sort of gave me an inkling into it. I don't know what it was. I just liked the adventure. And yeah. then, purely by chance, when I was 17, 18, I met a stunt guy who again came and worked our racehorses with us. And then, a few months later, he called me and said, look, I'm doing this huge picture called Arabesque with Gregory Peck, Sophia Loren, and the horses we got are absolutely useless. They can't jump their own shadows. And I had a horse that could, could jump a motor car. He'd attack anything and jump anything. Can we rent it? I said, sure get some extra money because money was tight mm-hmm. and we rented him the horse and then he next day he said look do you want to come along and ride with us i need another stunt double so i went along the road and i got 20 pounds a day which is like 30 32 dollars a day which was a, a king's ransom that was a week's wages in those days right yeah 65 and i thought wow just doing something as easy as riding his old horse and <laughs> jumping jumps been chased by people in helicopters with guns and things but it's just uh, i'm still playing cowboys and indians like i used to when i was nine it's mm-hmm. fantastic and i'm getting 30 bucks a day for it <laughs> then he told me he just finished that picture actually called um uh oh something of the sun with yule brinner in spain and i thought wow they pay you to go to spain and places like that that's incredible so I thought if I get really lucky, I might end up traveling as well. And of course, years later, I've been to 65 countries, lots of them many, many times, like Thailand. I've done 12 movies in Thailand. Wow. So been around the world dozens of times. And uh, But in those days, it was like, wow, I might even get to Spain and get paid. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it just evolved. It was, it was just fate, you know? Yeah. Now, is there any country that you haven't been to but would like to go to? 
There's lots, actually. There's Russia, and I was, I was offered a film about six weeks ago in Russia about ice hockey, because I did uh, Children of Glory, the ice hockey picture um, about the, the young uh, Americans where they beat the Russians in the 72. Mm -hmm, I yeah. shot that up in Canada. I did all the ice hockey sequences. So these Russians got hold of me and wanted me to go over and do this sort of equivalent Russian version type of, of their Children of Glory, if you like, their version of what they did in, in some competition. But that fell through, so it's very disappointing. I, I do want to go to Russia and have a look, and uh, there's, there's still so many countries in the world. I've been to 65, and there's, you know, there's 100 more I want to go to. Yeah, jeez. So many different places. Yeah. Now, Easter Islands. I always want to go to the Easter Islands. I've never got a film there yet. Easter Islands, yeah, that would mm. be... That would be neat. Of course, you've done numerous films for Harrison Ford, so you must be the the guy to call when they need Harrison Ford to be doubled, right? In the old days, I was. Now, um, I don't double anymore because it is a young man's job, you know. Mm -hmm. There's really great young stuntmen out there. But, yeah, in the day, I was an absolute ringer for him. It's fantastic. And, again, it was just luck. My brother had worked with him years before on uh, Force 10 from Navarone. He said, Oh, it's amazing, Vic, because my brother was assistant director on that film. Mm -hmm. He's now a stunt coordinator and director. But um, Andy said to me, it's amazing, Vic, there's this young actor on there. He looks just like you. I go, oh, great, that's handy. I'll have to keep an eye out for him. And probably forgot about it. <laughs> and then um, uh, David Tomlin, the assistant director on, on Raiders of Lost Ark, called me and said, look, we've got this guy. He said, you ring us for him. We'll have to get you out here. And I was already working with um, Ryan O'Neill, who I'm a pretty good double for. I was out in Mexico on a thing called Green Ice with him. So I said, well, great. As soon as I finish this, I'll be out there. Out there being in Tunisia. So I finished Green Ice and went from Mexico to London, then went out to Tunisia and met up with them. And uh, coincidentally, the first day on the set, I had blue shorts on and a white T-shirt, which is exactly what Harrison was wearing. <laughs> and uh, one of the stunt guys that had been there before me, they'd started shooting before I got there. He said, look, Vic, uh, let's get off to lunch early because it's blistering hot. It's 120 degrees. Let's get into the cool lunch tent and get a nice salad before they, they wrap for lunch and the mob get in there. So I said, great. So walking over the lunch tent and somebody's shouting, Vic, uh, shouting Harrison, Harrison. And, you know, obviously I keep walking because I'm not Harrison. And then somebody grabbed me and spun me around. It was Stephen. And he went, oh, you're not Harrison. Said, Who are you? I said, no, I'm, I'm Vic Armstrong. He said, what are you doing here? You look just like Harrison. I said, oh, uh, that's good. I'm, I'm a stuntman. So he called Dave Tomlin, the AD, and said, look, David, David, look, this guy thinks he's a stuntman and says, he, you know, he looks just like Harrison. So Dave said, yeah, this is the guy I've been telling you, we've been waiting for. <laughs> so it was, it was in at the deep end, but it's just a coincidence that we're in the same clothes even as Harrison. It's quite funny. <laughs> and, and I just want to let our listeners know some of the films that you've, you doubled for him on. There was Frantic, Mosquito Coast, uh, Patriot Games, Regarding Henry, Witness, and, of course, the Indiana Jones films. Uh, it, it's, it's just uh, amazing that you would do all all of those films and, and like I say that that just scratches us that's just the Harrison Ford films <laughs> oh yeah but Harrison's a great guy to double he's a collaborator and he, it's like working with another stuntman but he's a great actor and a superstar you know he's he's a tremendously physical guy mm-hmm and a perfectionist he's wonderful to work with when you first started were the studios more likely to try to hide the fact that their actors weren't doing the stunts that, that's sort of what happened from the early days it was um, you know, in the, if you go back through time, the, the cycles have changed of, of, of behavior and publicity. And in the old days, actors weren't allowed to, you know, be seen to be having an affair. They weren't allowed to do this, allowed to do that. 
you know, the whole, whole things have changed over the years. And, and what came along with that was the fact that they sold the actors on their macho image and, and everything else, and it sort of became the unwritten word that um, nobody claimed that they were doubles or anything. And uh, the odd one would do it, you know, John Wayne always recognised the stuntmen and things like that. But mm -hmm. This the sort of normal rule of the thumb was that you didn't mention it, you know. And then people like Harrison came along and said, no, of course I don't do the stunts, you know, Vic does it, and so on and so forth. So he really promoted us fantastically well over the years. And since then, other actors have taken it on, and then the reality shows and the making of the makings and the, right. you know, the behind the scenes on movies, it's, it's gradually become much more public knowledge, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, do you watch the films that you're in and, and look for yourself and say, oh, I can tell that's me? Or <laughs> I try and look at it, and invariably, it's a job to see that it's me, I must say. And um, nowadays, I'm directing much more, and right. you know, I try and look at the pieces I've directed and other people have directed. And the wonderful thing is you can't see the scene, you can't see the join, and that's the way it should be. There's no way there should be any difference between an actor and a stuntman or a second unit and a main unit. It's... We're all making that one one film, right. that one piece of entertainment. That so should all flow into one. Yeah, yeah. Because you have to make them look good, and but you don't want people to know it's you. You want them to know that it's or think that it's him. Exactly. That's the whole art of it. You know, we're there. We're paid, and we're very happy. And you know, people push publicity on you like this is, and I suppose I brought it myself right in the book. But we're not there for that. Right. We're there. Whether we get publicity or not doesn't make it doesn't get you another day's work at all. It's the inner circle of people that know your abilities and things that employ you. And uh, as you say, the important thing is that we do our performance on a movie, and it looks like the actor or the character has done the whole thing himself, which is exactly what it should be. You know, we don't we don't want the publicity or need it. And uh, if it helps sell a movie, that's wonderful because it is show business. But um, the whole point of it all is the end result which is the, the the what the movie you're making you know and uh, as long as that looks seamless then we're totally happy and we've achieved our our goal you've done your job perfectly if nobody knows that it's you <laughs> exactly When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And now that also brings us to more recently with CGI work and actual stunt work. Do you the two? I mean, naturally they're they're going to use both nowadays. But for a while there, they were doing using just strictly CGI. And and as a movie watcher, I can tell the difference. I mean, mm -hmm. I think there's been an awful kickback against CGI. It's, it's gone the full circle. It was a wonderful gimmick to start with, mm -hmm. and I equate it with morphine. Morphine is an incredible drug used for what it was intended for in the doses it was intended for and it, it does the job it was intended to do. If you overuse it, it can kill. If you abuse it, it can kill. And I look at the same as CG. CG is an incredible tool for stunt people. I can do things now where I can put a, a big airbag underneath somebody that's hanging off a building and we can have it in, in shot in the camera, but they can erase it afterwards. They can 
replace it. I can fly people on cables as thick as your little finger. Like when I was doing Superman with Wendy, my wife, who's Lois Lane, doubling mm -hmm. Lois Lane, we had piano wires, single-strand piano wires that just, you, know, you, you, you do the, the twist on the end too tight and they just snap. Oh, and it's so dangerous. But we can do pipe ramps for cars to flip up and over on the bomb die another day where where Pierce Brosnan's driving on the ice and a rocket hits the bottom of his, his Aston Martin and flips it up onto its roof and then it drives along and he presses the ejector seat and flips it back onto its wheels. Mm -hmm. But to flip it onto its roof, we put a pipe ramp, which is a ramp to flip a car over with, in full view, drove the car at it, hit it and flipped him up in the air with an explosion underneath it. And the CG people just erased the pipe ramp. You know, for things like that, it's absolutely wonderful. But yeah. if you abuse it and do a whole sequence with it and people and, and cars and everything else, you know, as many films that have been really made well by CG have been ruined by CG. There's, you know, yeah. as you say, you can see the difference and everybody yeah. can look at it. And what we try to do is Spider-Man. This is the this is a, an important one because everybody started to think they thought it looked too CG. Mm -hmm. So what we did was we tried to do all the flying for real as much as we possibly could. Because when you see somebody, we did a lot in New York on 12th Avenue there up by the old Cotton Club. When you see Spider-Man swinging down the street, changing from, from uh, web to web as he goes down the street above cars and traffic underneath. Even the people, some people in the cars are looking up going, whoa, see the G-force come on his body as his legs straighten out and then his muscles tense up and he brings his legs up and swings the other direction, almost like Tarzan when he's moving. Right, right? yeah. This, I don't think you can create, you can, I'm sure, create in CG, but it's incredibly skillful, but there's something about the realism that, that everybody goes, whoa, look at that, the guy actually doing it. Yeah, of course, yeah. we're going to CG the web in, and in other situations, we're going to put him 100 floors up, but it's the guy doing it for real, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, because a lot of times when you see, like in the, in the other Spider-Man movies, you know, uh, their arms are bent when they're swinging. I mean, exactly. the, the, you know, the strength somebody would have to have to do that is... It in... drives me mad when you see that with somebody hanging over an edge and they've got one arm bent. Right. <laughs> You'd be stretched out, it'd be a foot longer than the other one, you know? Right. No, it, it's why it's it done a lot of the times by people with no physical knowledge. Mm -hmm. what we, we have physical knowledge and we pick up on these things and then when you see it for real you see the difference is so different yeah 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 it is i mean it, it you know it's nice but it, it's just not the same thing i mean no you know. but it is a help you know i won't poo poo it and i won't be old-fashioned saying no you know never do it but right. but yeah used correctly cg is a good thing, just like morphine was. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, there, yeah, there is a, there is a place for it. But like you say, they can go too far, and then it just, it, it and just. And I think the reason is because a lot of people probably don't know how to shoot it or how to approach it or don't can't think of something original enough, and they say, okay, we'll do it afterwards. And in CG, you can sit in an office and you can look at a computer and say. Go down the street this way and turn left and hit that building. No, no, change that building into a glass one. No, no, tell you what, change it, he'll hit a bus on the way down the street. You know, it, it gives you far too many options. It's, yeah. it's totally different from standing on the set one night and saying, okay, this is what we're going to shoot, guys, and it's going to cost 200 grand to shoot tonight, and when we walk away, we better have everything we need. It's a different approach. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, I want to touch. I mean, we could we could talk forever because I know <laughs> I know you've done so much here. But I just want to touch on your some of your main things that uh, uh, that you've done, and you know, basically the ones that you've mentioned in your the, the title of the book. Um, we did a little Harrison Ford, uh, the James Bonds films. I mean, you've done uh, just about. Have you worked with every James Bond now? I didn't work with Timothy Dalton on the Bond films or, or, or Craig, Daniel, Daniel Craig. I did work with Daniel Craig on Golden Compass. I directed him on that. Yes. And yeah. I'd worked with Tim Dalton many years ago. I actually broke my shoulder doubling him on Mary Queen of Scots. Mm-hmm. But um, the Connery and uh, Pierce and uh, George Lazenby and Roger. Yeah. 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 Now... Uh, this is a question that everybody has their, their own opinion. Do you have a favorite Bond? It's a very difficult one because the first is always the best. Right. That's you know, Set the standard and set... Yeah, anybody can follow. Mm-hmm. You know, Trailblazers, I always think, should get a lot more credit. But that was an incredible... i never forget seeing the, the Dr. No and, and uh, Thunderball and stuff like that. And uh, I was just like, wow, God, I'd love to work on one of those. Mm-hmm. Before I even got in the film business, you know, visualized being Sean Connery, and he did bring such glamour and style and class to it. Yeah. Uh, and then I'd have to say, very close behind him is Pierce. Mm-hmm. I thought Pierce was really uh, growing into the part very well. I thought he had another good two shows in him. Yeah, I was surprised when they stopped having him. Mm, yeah. I was shocked because I thought he had the right sense of humor. And he could laugh at himself. Uh, his timing was brilliant, and he was a handsome lad. You know, he yeah. was a great-looking guy, and uh, yeah. everything about him I could believe. You know, he was always great. Yeah. Well, the character of Bond actually has changed very much over the over the years. Mm. Um, from what, it, what you know, what it is today is is a total difference that from what it was when Sean Connery was doing them. Yeah, politically correctness would never let you do those movies nowadays. Right. The start, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When you got your first job on a James Bond film, were you just thrilled to be able oh, to, to work on it? I was over the moon. It was like my second year in the business. I started in the summer of 65, and uh, I've been working on little shows since Arabesque, and then I went to Switzerland with Gregory Peck on a huge picture, which um, didn't get completed. They pulled the plug on mm-hmm. it after about seven weeks and yeah. came home and did little bits and pieces. And then a few weeks later, I got the job on You Only Live Twice, replacing a great friend of mine called Bill Weston, who was on 2001 with Kubrick. And, oh my gosh, I just walked up to Pinewood Studios, and they saw this huge, huge construction. It was bigger than, bigger than the Vatican or St. Paul's Cathedral. It was just massive, this construction. And you, you go through some doors and some canvas sheets hanging down, and inside is the in, interior of the volcano with a, a rocket tower on it, an mm-hmm. opening roof, a helicopter pad where you could open the roof and a real live helicopter could fly in and land on the helipad and <laughs> monorail all the way around. Three or four people, a hundred people in there and you, you just wouldn't you hardly notice them, you know. So I was like awestruck. I looked at this, oh my God, this is incredible. And then they said, I met the guy, funny enough, who's gonna be, who is now my future father-in-law, George Leach. He was one of the stunt coordinators on it with an incredible guy called Bob Simmons, an English stunt coordinator who was legendary. And they said, okay, now we want people to slide down from the roof, which was about 125 feet from this sliding open roof, slide down ropes, fire a machine gun. Can you do that? I said, oh, yeah, of course I can. <laughs> In my mind thinking, no way. <laughs> but 
my power to weight ratio is great. I was racing horses and you know, I weighed about 152 pounds and I was all muscle and very strong. And if anybody could do it, I knew I could. I didn't like height that much, but um, for the money, we got 65 pounds a week, which is about 110 bucks a week, which again was a fortune. Mm -hmm. And this was on the two, two months up to Christmas, so it's a real important time to get money in the bank. Right. And I went there and I started training with them and had some wonderful, wonderful stunt guys. Joe Powell and people like that, just incredible stunt people, and I learned from them. And sure enough, we did slide down these ropes, firing machine guns and everything else, and I was a ninja, and it was just a great eye-opener about... And I think that's maybe what, what gave me the bug for big movies, seeing how Bob Simmons organized everybody into little little cartels of, of people, one guy with a charge of 25 people and so on and so forth. And I learned lessons on that that, that stood me in good stead over the years on, on huge pictures like Young Winston and The Mission and uh, all sorts of things, mm -hmm. Rambo. So I was absolutely over the moon and excited. It was just breathtaking to work in that environment. I'm sure. Now, now of all the Bond films, I asked you who was your favorite Bond. Is there a favorite Bond film that you liked? Tomorrow Never Dies, I think. Mm -hmm. I think you get a good bang for your bucks. I had a huge input on that one. I wrote the uh, the motorcycle chase through Saigon, and my wife Wendy was, was doubling Michel Yeoh on that, doing all that incredible stuff on the big BMW. And then the car chase in in um, the car park, where he's remote controlling the car. It was, it was an incredible movie. I just had a wonderful time on it. Went to Bangkok, and uh, it was a country I love anyway in Thailand. Um, I think out of all the Bonds, I'd have to say that would be my favorite. Yeah. Film business has been good to you, I mean, naturally, you know, as far as working and all that, but uh, your your family is that uh, you met your wife, right? Yeah. And your your kids work on in films, too? Oh, it's Armstrong Action now. We've got my wife, as you said. I've got two daughters, Georgina and Nina, and two sons, Bruce and Scott. And Nina is in Malta at the moment with on Brad Pitt's movie World War Z with a good pal of mine, Simon Crane, and Wade Eastwood. They're they're running the stunts on that one. Mm -hmm. And my son Scott is out there with them as well. He works with them a lot. And then my son Bruce is doing Clash of the Titans. I think they've just come back from Tenerife in Spain. And my daughter Georgina is now she's moved to America. She's now in California. Here's a little horse farm. She's a, a great horsewoman. She's uh, represented England, jumping in Australia, what have you. She's a little horse farm just outside Los Angeles that wants to continue her acting career. She's been in Young Indy and uh, Black Beauty and lots of things. And, yeah. uh, she was working with us on Spider-Man and Green Hornet. Um, she had a nice little cameo with Andrew Garfield, the Spider-Man. Mm -hmm. And then my brother's here, Andrew. He's a, he's a director the same as I am and has been a stuntman and a stunt coordinator. And he, he coordinates my main units when I'm running my second unit. Mm -hmm. And there's his son, James Armstrong who's another coordinator in his own right, and uh, I think they're both going off to South Africa fairly soon to do a couple of movies that Andy's going to direct. And then my nephew Jesse, he's over here. He's a writer, stuntman, and he's directed five or six movies that subsidizes them with stunt work with us. He's a great fight man. So there's a whole clan of us. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> it sort of rubbed off on everybody, right? It did. It's amazing. And I'm so proud of them all. They're all so darn good at their job. And it's wonderful when I work with them together. You know, it's, just, it's fabulous having people you can trust. Mm, yeah. Who are knowledgeable and talented, and but you can trust as well professionally. You know, it's, it's a great it's a great feeling, I've got to say. Yeah. yeah. 
Now, with all the films you've done, I asked you which one uh, was your favorite f- film, but what would you consider the most dangerous film you've worked on? The, the, or not dangerous film, but the stunts that you did in it were the most dangerous that you've ever done. I think, you know, you get some in each movie. I, I think the environment we were on when we shot the mission down in South America was very, very dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, just purely for the violence in Colombia and, and Argentina at the time, and the danger of climbing around those, those slippery rocks and the waterfalls, that was pretty hairy, day in, day out, um, around Iguazu Falls. Um, but the thing is, our job is to eliminate all as many problems as you can, or as much danger as you can, and try and com- shoot the sequences but keep them safe. Raiders was tough, a lot of stunts on that, but again was Rambo 3, we shot in Israel and, and in Yuma, Arizona, they, they were tough movies, lots of people, lots of explosions, lots of rock climbing and fighting and horses galloping and falling and things, yeah. each one has its, has its um, toughness, yeah. but you know, I'm, I'm sort of well known for my Indiana Jones, Raiders Lost Ark, we just went to the 30 year anniversary of Raiders actually last, last Friday, which is fabulous. Oh um, really? Yeah. So I'm very, very proud of those. You know, I mentioned on the Magic Secret Service because that was the most fun film, probably. But mm-hmm. I think I'd have to say my favourite film. That if I, you know, when 50 years time when I'm all retired, people say, well, my, "Ask my grandson, what did your granddad do?" I think if he said Raiders of the Lost Ark or James Bond or Superman, people go, "Oh wow, that's great! I've heard of those." Oh yeah, <laughs> I mean, hey. <laughs> so I'm very proud of those ones. I got to say, those are those are like I say, big films that will will live forever and uh, you know yeah. you are James Bond you are Indiana Jones and you are Clark Kent I mean <laughs> and I'm so proud of it I was so lucky to be around when those iconic ones were being made you know how lucky was that and to be at the top of your game physically and and everything else you mm-hmm. know now uh, on Superman um, you you were on a, uh, you did all three of those and we've actually had some people who were actors in the Superman films we just recently had Jack O'Halloran on the show wow and uh you know He's jack wonderful. jack talked about you know hanging from wires and things like that so <laughs> so they did some of the not really stunts but the some of the the sequences where they had to be shown in the air or something oh like? yeah oh yeah and it's a horrible uncomfortable business being flown i used to put my it's, it's like a harness around your waist with leg straps under your crutch that you put on you wrap it as tight as you can because it's a skin tight costume you don't want to see any mm-hmm. any you know bulges or stretches of the harness right and they strap it on tight and everything else at the end of the day I'd, I'd say oh my god that damn harness it's been killing me all day I've got such a spitting headache and people would look at me and say oh okay we know where your brains are then <laughs> <laughs> but, but Jack was wonderful I used to spar with Jack O'Halloran every morning really a, a nice gym set up in Palmer Studios and I'd work out on the trampoline and, and you know, I was had to be in 100% physical condition to double Chris Reeves mm-hmm. and Jack would come up and we'd spar and I'm not kidding you one of his fists was as big as two of mine. He's such a big fellow. Oh, oh my yeah. God, he's incredible. And uh, one day, we were just jabbing away, dodging around, sparring, getting a good sweat going. I must have just hit him a little bit too hard because his hand flicked out and hit me. And my dressing room keys and everything flew out my pocket. It's like getting hit by an express train. <laughs> oh, my God. And this guy wasn't even world champion. What must it be when you sort of bump into your Tysons and people? So. Right, yeah. But I got into trouble, actually, in the book because I said none threw me into the Marlborough truck or something. Somebody wrote and said, actually, it wasn't Non, it was Zod, Terence Stamp. And I went, oh, well. <laughs> I said, 
it was 30 years ago, and actually when I did the crash into the Marlborough truck, nobody threw me. I just ran and just did a huge dive and crash head first through the side of the truck. Uh, the throwing was done months beforehand. You know? Wow, I see. Yeah, yeah. So they just piece all that together. and They piece it together, exactly. You know? yeah. It's so funny. But, uh, it's interesting what people pick up on. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Some people, it's unbelievable. They know every single detail about certain movies, I'll tell you. <laughs> Oh, they, they correct me, as I say. <laughs> and you were, you were actually the one getting thrown around. Exactly. It's just amazing, and the book, people should definitely go out and get it. And uh, I always love to read uh, books about the behind-the-scenes stuff, and your book really delves into that and gives us a better look at what's going on behind the scenes. I mean, it's just amazing. I must say, all the reviews, they've all been five-star reviews, that's what everybody's picked up on, the fact that a, they feel they're, they're there, and they feel they can he hear me telling the stories as they actually happen. And it, 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 I think it gives everybody a nice realistic flavor of what life is really like. It's, it's not really like the full guy on the telly, you know. Right. <laughs> it, uh, there's a lot of stuff goes on behind the scenes that's, that's fun and tragic and everything else. I just, I just wanted to get that across to people. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, it's... Uh... It's really a great book, and people should definitely check it out. I want to finish up with two questions that take us away from all your movie stuff. Basically, what is your favorite TV show of all time? Not things you were in, doesn't have to be what you were in, but I mean, just shows that you enjoy to watch. Well, I always remember watching The Cowboys, Bonanza, and Gunsmoke. Mm -hmm. uh, I just used to love those. Every Sunday I'd sit there with my dad and we'd watch those. And to me, it's amazing because I've actually shot on the same ground that they they shot those movies on out near Newhall, you know, it's just in California. Yeah. I think that would probably have to be it, the old westerns, you know. Yeah. I just loved them. Yeah. Now, what about movies? I mean, you've been in so many movies, it's hard to, it's hard to say, but movies that you just, you know, when you feel like kicking back and watching a film, what, what are the movies that you like to watch? Lawrence of Arabia. Ah, classic. I, love, I love David Lean's work, I love the style, and I think it's just great storytelling. Mm-hmm. And then if I want to watch an action film, I would watch Terminator 2. Ah. I think Jim Cameron did such a splendid job on that. Or True Lies, which is a great blend of humor and action. Yes. And, uh, I just love those movies. Yeah, yeah. And, and the thing is, you've worked with <laughs> I mean, you've worked with Arnold Schwarzenegger, and you've worked... Uh, with David Lean as well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, you know, for you it must be like, oh, yeah, I know that guy. <laughs> I'm just so proud to have been working across that huge expanse of time you know where these, these these iconic people were working and directing and and trailblazing you know john houston i love his work mm -hmm. he's just uh just and i loved his lifestyle as well houston just a fantastic character yeah well vic i want to thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us this is, this has been fascinating and the, the book is a great book i wish you luck with that great and i thank you very much for taking the time my great pleasure thank you An amazing guest. I want to thank Vic Armstrong so much for taking the time to talk to us. And, you know, if you get a chance, check out Vic's book. If you want to read more, uh, many more great stories about his career, it's an amazing book. It's called The True Adventures of the World's Greatest Stuntman, My Life as Indiana Jones, James Bond, Superman, and Other Movie Heroes. Okay, it's from Titan Books great book that's one of the, the the great things about doing this i get to talk to these people i get to read their books and uh you know it's just so fascinating to hear their stories and 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 vic is you know he's done so many things so many films that people have enjoyed 
great guy. I want to thank him so much. And uh, don't forget, if you are on uh, Facebook, check us out and like us. And just go to onscreenandbeyond.com. You can click uh, at the bottom of the page uh, of our front page. You can click right there. We have a link that will take you right to our our uh, Facebook page, and um, I want to thank all the people who join us each week. And if you're a new person, I hope you'll join us next week when we once again take you on screen and beyond. Till then, it's a wrap for this week. I'm Brian Zemrak. Take care. <music>